The following is a hoop bowl presentation. JC, we continue to focus on Anthony Davis being back on the floor, but the Lakers have not played their best brand of basketball over the last handful of games. Welcome back and welcome into the Hoopball Lakers podcast, JC. Let's get right down to business because another loss, this time to the Washington Wizards. Wizards wind up sweeping the season series from the Lakers, which is not a sentence we have become accustomed to saying. What are your thoughts as the Lakers transition back home but also prepare to sort of grind it out over the next couple of weeks as the season comes to its conclusion here. It's yeah. I mean, this game was, was probably expected to be an easy one, but the wizards have been playing really great lately since April 7th. They've only lost twice once to the Suns and once to the Spurs. And so almost this entire month of April, they've, they're they're almost undefeated. They lost the first three games of April, but then other than that, yeah, they've just been on a tear lately. So the Wizards uh, might have been overlooked a little bit by the Lakers tonight. Uh, just certainly didn't look like they uh, put up their best numbers. Arguably Anthony Davis's best game back since he returned to the Lakers lineup. 26 points for him on 10 of 20 shooting, including a couple of threes. You'd still like to see him shoot it better from the foul line. That's sort of been a weird trend for him all year. Despite him being a really good free throw shooter over the course of his career, he has been subpar for the majority of this one. Andre Drummond only 20 minutes in this game, JC, but went for 17 and 11. I would be a lot more impressed by that if Alex Len, yes, Alex Len didn't have 18 and 9 on the other side. Yeah, it doesn't appear as though Andre Drummond's been playing a lot of fourth quarter minutes, and so it's kind of what we saw a little bit last year where the starting center, whoever it be, whether whether it be Gasol or Drummond, uh, is just not going to see a ton of minutes come fourth quarter time. Well, and I think that's where this team has to go. They have to play Anthony Davis inside. is is going to be you know one of if not their best lineups always. I'm still curious about the Trez question because only 17 minutes for him. He was, I mean, for for Trez, he was five of five from the field. He was minus eight during his time on the court. But 5 of 5, 12 points for Trez. He was active as usual. Only 17 minutes in this game. Markeith Morris has 16 minutes. Marcus Gasol does not play. So I think the Lakers are still, and Frank Vogel, still trying to figure out exactly what the right mix is there. Nice to see Kyle Kuzma have 8 assists in this game, 7 rebounds, doing the things that his team needs him to do besides just going the basketball. But with LeBron James still out of the lineup, JC, and we'll get to LeBron in just a second, of course. We don't want to bury the lead here. With LeBron out of the lineup, we need Kyle Kuzma to be scoring the basketball, and only 11 points in this game on 12 shots. Need need a little bit more there from Kuz. Yeah, the 12 shots is fine if he's going to be that aggressive. Uh, even two for five from three is okay. He just needs to be a little bit more efficient uh, within the three-point line. Uh, and so, yeah, a little bit more efficient there, but overall not a terrible game. Would you, JC, sort of – grade Kyle Kuzma's performance this season and it's I know it's a bit of a loaded question there and and I'll admit that because we've seen some different variants of him but if you had to just sort of put an overall grade on what you've seen from Kyle Kuzma where would you land there Uh, I mean probably solid b maybe b plus if I was being generous I know he had a lot of pressure 
put on him at the beginning of the season when LeBron sort of answered Hoop Central's question as to who was going to have a breakout year. And it never quite materialized to that, but I think... I think Kyle has had a lot to adjust to, and I feel like he's adjusted about as well as as you could have adjusted. Like he, for a while, when the Lakers were rolling, it seemed like his role was going to be reduced, and then all of a sudden AD and LeBron get injured, which doesn't happen that often to LeBron, and then all of a sudden Kyle's role is elevated when he didn't necessarily expect his role to be elevated. And so, yeah, I think... Any any kind of up and down play has also just kind of come with up and down expectations from him, and so I think he's he's adapting as about as well as he could be. I think you make a fair point. Obviously, Kuzma's scoring has been up since the All Star break, in part because he has played so many games now without LeBron on the floor, without AD on the floor, of course, before Davis returned to the lineup. I guess what I'm seeing from Kuzma is okay. I, I'm okay with that B grade. I, I just don't think he'll ever sort of be able to be that third guy that so many people want him to be or maybe wanted him to be. I don't know. Maybe maybe there are many who have sort of killed that dream for the time being, JC. But I, I just look at Kyle Kuzma, and I think he can play that supporting role. I, I don't think he is the third best player on a championship team or the third most impactful player, shall we say. I think he could definitely have the skill set to be that guy, but – you, you, I think my favorite part about your point is that he has been asked to prepare for and to play so many different roles on this team. I mean, even going back to when his career first started. So I, I think with that there should be some generally more leeway there. But while LeBron is out of the lineup, I need a little bit more from Kuzma on the scoring end of the bat on the scoring end of the basketball. Obviously, on the offensive end of the court. Speaking of LeBron, JC. It sounds like LeBron could very well be back in the lineup next week. And last time we were able to get together, this is sort of where we soft-targeted his potential return. I think we said somewhere around that Denver game, which will be on Monday on ESPN, nationally televised game. You think that would make sense if he's able to return that early? Otherwise, I think I remember you mentioning that Thursday versus the Clippers looked like another potential good day with the TNT game there. You're a betting man, JC, as am I. Are we betting on LeBron returning next week? Uh, I think so. I think he's he's posted a video of him kind of doing some some light work on the court. I know Frank Vogel has has been kind of tight lipped and said that he's still out indefinitely. But I mean, yeah, the the with only eleven games left, is he's got to he's got to give himself himself some time to acclimate to coming back and. The last three games of the season, I don't think is enough time, and so I think he's he's got to go through a little bit of a rough stretch in the schedule with some quality teams like the Clippers and the Blazers and the Suns. Uh, in addition to getting some fairly easy games with the Rockets, Pacers, and Pelicans at the end, so yeah, I think he'll be back either May third or May sixth for the Nuggets or the Clippers. I think so too, and I and I don't think LeBron is somebody who puts content out there just to be consumed for no reason i think the lakers have been very purposeful about not putting a timeline to his recovery not because they don't want to share that he's not making progress or anything like that but because as soon as you commit to a timeline if it were to change and be pushed back in any kind of way obviously there there's a major story there right it is lebron james so i think that's a very purposeful strategy and sort of aligns with 
what we've seen from the Lakers throughout, especially Rob Palenka's tenure at the helm, is this tight-lipped approach and information will only be shared as necessary, and the organization does a really good job of, of keeping it internal, which is one of the more impressive parts. But I'm in agreement with you. I think he'll be back next week, and I, and I know it will be welcomed. I don't know that it's going to be this sort of magic bullet that so many people, myself included, kind of want it to be. I, I still think the Lakers need to figure out what this iteration of their team is. The reality is they haven't been able to have everybody at the same time. So although they, they need to experiment and sort of work through it, as we talked about in our last episode, JC, time is, is not only of the essence, it's been the defining theme of the entire season for the Lakers. And right now there just isn't a lot of time left to figure it out. They're going to have to figure this out on the fly. Yeah, it, it remains to be seen, you know, just what the playoff schedule is going to be, if there's going to be some kind of extra rest period for the teams that don't have those those play-in games. Plus, you still have to worry about the fact that the Lakers have a chance at being one of those teams that might be in those play-in play games. You, you hope not. You hope they can hold on to that lead and stay in the five seed, but there is that slight chance that they might drop. And so that's something to consider, too. It is it is crazy that the Lakers find themselves in this position. I mean, they they still have a slight cushion sitting in that five spot right now, and you, and you know they don't want to fall out of that spot. It's too early to say it's going to be. You know, if 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 the season were to end tomorrow, of course that four or five matchup would be Denver Lakers JC. But it's too early to say exactly how that's going to shake out because. That's still a very tight race for those top four seeds, you know, in particular. Only three and a half games as of the time of this podcast being recorded, separating those four teams, Jazz and Suns being amongst them. I don't think anyone had that on their scoreboard when the season began. But that said, here we are in this highly irregular season. As, as the Lakers move forward, you know, one of the biggest storylines for me has, of course, been how Drummond will impact Trez. I've been very vocal about that. And I'm curious to see where that goes. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was nowhere to be found in this one, and that's that's a huge difference from what we've seen from him previously in a nine-point game. Hard to ignore, JC. Uh, ben McLemore, 16 shots in his 23 minutes of action, 16 points. So, you know, not, not exactly the type of efficiency you want to see from your shooters. And I think the Lakers, you know, they, they shot 34 threes in this game as compared to just 18 for the Wizards. Meanwhile, the Wizards shot almost 10% better from the field overall and from the free throw line. It wasn't even a comparison. Lakers missed eight free throws. So they make all their free throws. They, they lose this game by a point, but it's a different story. I, I ask, you know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you have a, a perception on this that you can share. It feels like the Lakers' offense is, is just disconnected right now, JC. I feel like they're they're stagnant. They're just kind of settling for a lot of things, kind of like passing the ball around once or twice and saying, okay, you make something happen now. I see a lot of settling from the perimeter, and I know that these guys are tired, and it's only been amplified by the fact that they've had to play longer and larger roles without AD and still without LeBron in the lineup. As LeBron transitions back in, of course, that will change. Is it too little too late is the first part of my question in terms of preventing that sort of exhaustion because they can't rest guys at this stage of the season. And two, I brought up last episode with you that, you know, this is a challenging part of the year for the Lakers. It has been for an extended period of time. They've lost four of their last five now. There was some frustration on the end of that bench toward uh, toward the end of that game and at the end of the game versus the Wizards. Do you think the team chemistry needs a little – push in the right direction here uh it seems yeah it seems like it there there's definitely not going to be a lot of time for 
you know, these players who've been playing a lot during this stretch that AD and LeBron have been out to to rest and yeah, they, it might be it might benefit them to have some kind of um, you know they they post on Instagram sometimes the days where instead of practice they'll go out and play football or something like that. Like they they might need to have something like that, sort of a team building thing that that gets some publicity on on social media so that people know there's um, this is a pretty tight knit team still. Yeah, I mean I I don't. Look, it's in, unless you're in that locker room, unless you're with those guys, you know, it's it's really hard to sit here and say this or that. But it just appears a little bit more disconnected than from what we've seen in the past, based on my perception. Everybody's got an opinion. That's the best part of life, right? They're they're like buttholes. Everyone's got one. That all said, JC, I, I don't think the rotations are quite where they're going to be when the dust settles. I look at this game as well, and you know, Wes Matthews obviously has has fallen out of the out of the rotation here with Marcus Saul, Caruso unavailable due to back spasms. That always sort of throws a, a wrench into the Lakers' backcourt when he's not available because he is really that secondary ball handler in the second unit, or I should say, primary ball handler in the second unit. Excuse me, especially without LeBron James in the lineup. So I think there's a loss there when he's not on the court and the Lakers don't really have that player. We've talked before, JC, of how THT doesn't really fulfill that role quite yet. And so now as the Lakers move forward, you know, they, they've got two games in front of them as, as they transition back home against the Kings without Darren Fox and against whatever version of the Toronto Raptors they're going to throw out there. Although it seems like they're playing most of their regular guys right now, Okay. But then they enter a really brutal stretch, and we've talked about it ad nauseum before finishing the, the season up with a few games, two of which should be winnable. The game against the Pelicans, you never know. There isn't really breathing room here, so as soon as LeBron James gets back, and even prior to it, it's go time for these Lakers, and, and they can't in, have this another stretch, lose four of their next five, because they're going to be in a whole different position if that happens. Yeah, they yeah, like I said earlier, they definitely want to avoid that that play-in situation because that's that's sort of a crazy thing that we've never seen before and any anything can happen out of that like Golden State's in a position to where they'll be one of those teams playing, you know, playing in there and you can, the way Steph Steph Curry's been playing lately, you definitely don't want to see him that early if you can avoid it and yeah, they they just need to be in a position to where they can sort of at least remain where they're at, which is still, even though five is, is bottom half of that playoff rotation, it's still, the West is pretty deep. And so, yeah, being one of the five best teams in the West is still a decent place to be. Do you think, JC, that no matter how or when this season ends for the Lakers, and of course we want it to go as long and as hard as it possibly can, but whenever this season ends, JC, do you feel that there's going to be this just like, collective sigh of relief this just exhaustion that can finally be let out because they really have been playing a marathon since last year yeah i've wondered about that like we don't really know yet what the schedule is going to be or if the schedule is permanently going to be pushed pushed back from what it traditionally has been because you know presumably presumably they want to play 82 games next year and so is there going to be another shortened off season or are they just going to have a regular length off season and just the NBA season will now be forever from will we will be forever late November, early December to I guess, July, August. 
like if that's the permanent calendar like we we don't really know the answers to those questions yet and that's something i, I don't think adam silver has really been asked you're right and i think there's a lot that's that's yet to be determined but no matter what i just think the lakers i of course their ultimate goal is going to be to win another championship but no matter what happens here jc i i think that there's going to be this just sigh of relief for lack of a better way to say it because it's finally going to have reached a conclusion i mean look it's it's not the same sort of thing but being in education right like this whole distance learning thing over the last year plus has been so exhaustive for everybody involved from students to families to teachers administration you know just everybody who makes the whole picture happen and when you know now we're in a place in our in our country and specifically where i am in california where we've we've made this tremendous amount of progress and things are finally starting to go back to you know the the traditional sort of normalcy i hesitate to use that word only because I think normal before, you know, what didn't meet the standard of what so many of us expected when you apply it to larger issues such as social injustices and racial injustices and things like that, JC. But in terms of going back to normal, like going to eat at a restaurant, right? Like I know I went to go eat at a restaurant inside with my girlfriend recently, and it, it's just sort of offers that reprieve from life that so many of us have, have missed for so long. And I think as applies to the Lakers, of course, they've been able to do certain things. But from last season being stuck in hotel rooms to this season, having the restrictions and only seeing your family so often and just that disruption from normalcy, it's so hard to stay laser focused for such a long period of time. And they've done an admirable job throughout this process. But it, it definitely does take a toll at some point. Yeah, I think the fact that they've gone through this, I think, will benefit them towards the end, like. Phoenix hasn't really, you know, all the NBA teams have been dealing with these these protocols and having to go check into a hotel and not being allowed to leave uh, because of the health and safety protocols and things like that. At least the longer it comes, or the longer they have to do it, the Lakers at least have the most experience doing that, and that could end up helping them in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. Look, I think they can they can use their experience as an asset. I just think that at the same time, that experience comes at a certain cost, whatever it may be. But that can be true of a lot of teams in the NBA. But of course, the Lakers, you know, because they played so long last year, ultimately winning it all, have the shortest end of the stick there. But that's that's just sort of a perspective piece for our audience and for us to consider as as this team moves forward. And as this team does move forward, JC, with LeBron returning to the starting lineup, of course, you know, Kyle Kuzma will go back to the bench. But all of a sudden, you've got sort of a, a, a big team out there, right, with LeBron in the starting five, AD and Drummond with, with Schroeder and KCP in the backcourt. I'm curious to see how the second uh, unit's rotation changes, if it does at all, and what sort of staggering the Lakers and specifically Vogel plans to do between Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and Montrez Harrell and you know how LeBron James obviously playing point guard when he's on the floor sort of impacts that backcourt rotation as well because – they they need to get some some really good spacing around there if if they're going to have that that size on the court simultaneously. So it's going to put the onus on guys like KCP and Mclemore and Caruso to a certain extent. And I wonder if, if if Vogel considers tightening his rotation at all as this team prepares for the playoffs going forward. You know they've been pretty consistent about utilizing whatever version of their depth that they have throughout the year. But do you think Vogel shortens the leash here at all as, as the regular season comes to its conclusion? 
maybe not in the regular season, but in the playoffs, yeah, I do think we st- I do think we'll start to see a reduction in, in THT's minutes. I well, I like what what he's been bringing to the team. Come playoff time, if the rotation if the rotation does shorten, his lack of experience just kind of might, you know, his his moments will will be, you know, will be few and far between. But he'll definitely get some moments in the playoffs. But I don't think he's going to get as much playoff run as people think. And so that's an area where I think it might his his playing time might shorten, and so so might the rotation. Um, ben McLemore, I think, will probably see a little bit more time than people think, but only for you know, instant offense type purposes. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll shorten and, and I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll go through periods. I think there'll be times where there'll be probably a couple of games where he'll, he'll go with the same, you know, three to four guys. And then a couple of games later, he just might go with it with a different three to four guys. But I doubt that the consistent rotation game to game goes more than the nine, nine, 10 guys deep. I think the Wizards had something like 60-plus points in the paint in this game, JC, because I'm sitting here looking at the box score just sort of in disbelief that Andre Drummond can have 17 and 11 in 20 minutes but be a minus 9. I mean, it's just it's sort of mind-blowing, right? Like that a guy can be so dominant yet be a net negative. And I know plus-minus goes beyond the individual player himself, but it's just sort of a weird psychological exercise I just went through as we're sitting here analyzing this game and the team going forward. If you were in charge of calling the shots, JC, and this is how we'll sort of wrap up our our, our recap of the game versus the Wizards, but also as the Lakers look ahead toward these next few games at, at home, if you were in charge here, and I mean by in charge, I mean if you were Frank Vogel and you were leading this coaching staff and this team, are there any changes that you would make to how this team is currently playing, whether that's stylistically or wrote from a rotation standpoint? Because for me, JC, at least stylistically, I would really and, – and, and maybe Frank Vogel's already doing this. Look, he's obviously a much better NBA coach than I am, okay? But, man, I, I, I know these guys are tired, but you got to take it to the hole, man. you got to be more aggressive. This, this team is not a good enough three-point shooting team consistently to be reliant upon that as they are every single night. Yeah, there's, there's things that, that, that need to be adjusted. I think Drummond, I, I feel like, finds himself, as, as he's you know much more agile than Marcus Gasol as he is, I, I do find him out beyond the paint a little bit more than he probably needs to be and that does kind of open up some opportunities for um the lakers to play better paint defense like they didn't do tonight um he floats the, in unoccupied uh, space a lot drumming yeah, yeah he, he does find himself doing that um dennis Schroeder, i saw somebody point out on twitter a few weeks ago and i've, I've noticed it a lot since then as great as he is at driving and as great as he is at, at shooting layups, he doesn't have, like, a great floater. A lot of the small point guards in the league have developed uh, a consistent floater that they can use, and Schroeder doesn't really have that. If he, if he doesn't get all the way by his guy and he has to shoot over a big, um, he can't do it. Not really. Uh, so that's something, I mean, he that's not something for him to fix this season, obviously, but in the future that's just something he might want to work on is developing a more consistent floater. Um, and then, yeah, I think if he plays more minutes with, with Trez, and I think that'll happen once LeBron comes back, if Schroeder plays a little bit more minute, more minutes with the second unit, I think that'll that'll help overall. Yeah, I hope you're right, man. And, and that sounds like a good sort of 
piece to integrate there because I think that's something that's doable. You can't obviously introduce something that's brand new at this stage of the game because you are where you are at this stage in the season, for lack of a better way to say it. But I think if the Lakers can at least just play, you know, six sixty percent winning percentage from here on out, then they'll find themselves out of the playoff, ter- uh, you know, or, excuse me, play in tournament. And they'll find themselves right back on track here and, and, and in a good momentum as they enter the playoffs. LeBron James's return is clearly going to help this team, but it's going to take a full team cohesive effort in order to right the ship and have it really swing in, in the right, uh, the wind sailing in the right direction in order for this team to take the ship to the promised land in the postseason. That's it for this one on the Hoopball Lakers podcast. He's JC. You can follow him on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. I'm Ethan at Ethan underscore Noroff. Make sure you follow our show at Hoopball Lakers on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your streaming content. Until next time, let's get LeBron back into this lineup. We out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.